0: Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. You've started recording, red lights rolling. Uh, I've got a thumbs up. I'm joined today by Peter Kelly from the HSE, the Health and Safety Executive. I heard Peter speak uh, a couple of months ago at the British Aggregates Association committee meeting, um, which was oh, was that annual conference. Sorry. And uh, it was up in Buxton and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And I uh, invited Peter to come on the podcast to speak to our listeners around uh, the management standards, which is something as a business we offer the training, the mental health at work training, which covers the management standards. But Peter, you uh, you sort of set the ball rolling with these standards. So um, just for a bit of an introduction to to our listeners Peter are you able to sort of just explain sort of who, who you are and, and sort of the background around the management standards
1: please yeah yeah uh, I'm a senior psychologist with the health and safety executive and I'm also a specialist inspector which means I'm both inquisitive um, and interested in humans so I've probably got the perfect mix as, as a job um, so I get involved in investigations uh, where human where the human is the primary area that we want to sort of try and work out what's going on. But from a mental health perspective, um, I, over the last 24 years, have probably for the first 12 years rode the boat in the wrong direction because I was always saying, we've got to do something about mental health. This is this clearly is an issue. And uh, it was interesting when I came in in uh, 1998, uh, it, we were just coming into the new, uh, the, new, the new Labour government was coming in and they came in and said, Oh, it's outrageous you've got nine million days lost to work related stress you need to do something about it so it actually started from a commitment from uh from 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 the government of the time to tackle it um and it literally started with well we want you to do a national strategy and we want it by tomorrow um <laughs> and we were we were um we were actually at a conference in cardiff myself and colin and dave who were working at the time other psychologists and uh, we sat down with a bottle of wine and we started started off with this strategy and then after the second bottle it got really good so so, <laughs> so effectively we we designed this strategy on the back of beer mats um, and obviously by the time we transferred it across we went into a nice a4 document but um, the point is was it was Instant thinking on the go. Big issues at the time. We'd just gone through um, the, the the wave of crystals and crystal healing and everything else. You know, because that was what we we're doing in the in the '90s, weren't we? We were sort of um, new age and everything else. And people are thinking, concentrating very much down on the individual. And they weren't addressing the organizational factors. And that's what the management sound is set out to do: is to address organisational factors in work and how they impact on people's uh, sort of mental health and uh, more actually how they, they experience work-related stress because if we understand mental health but what we've got is you can experience work-related stress and then not necessarily have mental health. Mm-hmm. You can experience uh, an enduring um, work-related stress and that can lead to mental health. Uh, so it, So the point being is that uh, the, the, the concept of work-related stress are those things in work that cause conflict. Now, if they're managed, then you reduce the conflict. If they're not managed, then they become uh, pressure point. So high demands is one issue. High demands, low control, low support, which will cover, which are three of the management standards, six in total. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got high demands, low control, low support, You've got the the perfect sort of um, the perfect sort of environment in, for which work-related stress will lead to absences, yeah. And that's, that's what it. we we did. And that was based yeah. on guess what? That was based on sound scientific evidence uh, from uh, it's called the Jamal's control support model. It's by Karasek. If you're interested, you'll, you'll, uh, you know, listeners are interested. Google it, um, and it, and it, and it's a, 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 attached to the management standards with three additional areas. One is role, the other is um the other is support, etc. So, so you've got role, um, you've got change. Here we go. Why have I got role change, demand control support, role relationship and change? Yeah, there you go. So
0: no, absolutely. You've just uh you just rattled rattled off the, the the six uh the six areas, Peter. I appreciate that. Um Peter, um just out of interest, I find that when we go to offer our training to uh to companies and to organizations and we explain to them that ours follows an organizational approach so it's very useful as a business from an organizational point of view to help them structure the business to look to reduce areas of stress in their business we kind of come up against this mental health first aider type um, concept. What's your thoughts around the mental health first aider and training individuals within an organisation to be to be mental health first aiders? Because I, I believe there's some challenges around that. I think it can work as part of a larger organisational approach, um, but it, it there needs to be an organisational approach. You can't just put mental health first aiders into a, a stressful environment and expect mental health to be fixed in an organisation.
1: No, no, absolutely. I mean, this would be the first and only geeky bit that I'll give you, but um, where we where we're looking at is uh, is this concept of primary, tertiary, uh, primary, secondary and tertiary. So tertiary is at the individual level. Secondary is at the level of 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 management or support and can be a range of things like teaching you mindfulness and resilience could be a tertiary intervention. Primary. Is where the where we where we as the regulator are interested because guess what, you're duty bound under the health and safety law to do a risk assessment for for all health issues, not just oh it's physical. Therefore, we're not we won't do stress. That's Reg three of the management regs. Reg five requires you to do something about it. This isn't a, like this is a, not a nice to. This is a definitive process we would expect. So we're going to do an investigation. We want to know have you done a risk assessment. Because you're aware you've got problems. How have you? Where you've got problems? How many of your listeners do staff surveys? Hello. They all come back and say I'm happy and healthy. Most of the time, <laughs> they come back and say I'm happy and healthy in this area, but not this area. Well, the the, the, the not this area is the area that you then think I oh, maybe I need to do something. I oh, maybe I need to to, to tackle that. So um, perfect. Yeah. So the, the the tertiary staff, which is very much based around the individual, so. When you're doing mental health first aid, and I, and I, and I've said this to them, I would gave my right arm for um, for over eight hundred thousand people informed about mental health. Okay, so that's how many at, at the moment there are mental health first aiders. Um, what I uh, and in doing that, their, their 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 informedness is is useful at that tertiary level. It gets people through a difficult a, a difficult area or a patch. The problem I have and and it's not necessary as a consequence of necessary mental first aid, is people just go, "Well, I'll put a mental first aid in, but then they don't have a system afterwards to deal with whatever that means for that person. The other thing is we simply get people to do mental first aid and not realise that actually they need support. Yeah? yeah. so they they themselves may hear information that's going to cause distress to them. If you don't have the support for your mental health first aiders, then you've got a liability issue. If you don't, um, and if you solely believe having a mental first aider is going to make me happy, then that's not the case as an inspector, because it does, it's a tertiary intervention, it's at the individual level. We're expecting you to tackle this at organisational level. If you have a job that the demands are so excessive that uh, you've got 20 20 people on that particular job, and 10 or 15 of them are saying, I can't do this. You haven't got 10 or 15 people who are weak, who are, who are in, in difficult situations. You've got 10 or 15 people that are in a system that isn't working. And that's what we're trying to say: change the system. I mean, um, you know, we're we're all, as I think at the conference, I did this phone thing. Um, you know, we all carry these mobile phones around. with These phones have the capability to hold ten thousand files. If you go into an office pre-phones, ten thousand files is is, is is the size of a small, is the size of you know a, a small office which had maybe twenty people. That's. What we're talking about here, so depth of information, depth of stuff that we've got, is really, really important. What we what we um, have seen over the last thirty years is is a move away from managing um, managing the demands of, for the people to managing the demands of the systems that we've got. And the systems will do one thing; they always create more demand. <laughs> yeah. So you have to put restrictions. In the system, so yeah, that's why some of the, some some companies um, in, in the European Union, in particularly, let like, say Deutsche Post uh, and and that uh, they switch uh, and uh, Deutsche Bank as well, they switch their emails off at mm-hmm. seven o'clock at night. They're forcing people to actually have quality time. Um, the the right to relax is is now enshrined in French law. So the, and it, and it's because there's a recognition that we have to limit the, um, the uh, these technology stuff and that's the difference you see in the 1950s it was very practical hand hand and you know sort of based uh, economy that we had we we made things with our hands yes. we yeah, we packed absolutely. we packed things with our hands we did all of these things with you know and then technology has made it faster and efficient more technically efficient but in the process it hasn't brought people along but saying that aristotle reported um uh, what we know is work-related stress, being a priest during the Reformation, highly stressful and uh, seeing that canary in dying, or uh, falling off its perch down at down a mine shaft. Equally, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. I think, um... Absolutely.
0: Okay, so just um, just quickly before we go into the the six management standards. Um, from an inspector point of view, um, do do the H- HSE currently prosecute companies or, or or find them based on low levels of stress management within their organisations? Has there been is there any um, cases that have that have been been brought well- at all, Peter?
1: It's highly unlikely that we will take a prosecution, so that that goes to court, I think. Uh, We have um, put improvement notices into organisations, and we've put those in with under, enshrined under the Health and Safety at Work Act is Section 2, which requires you to manage people's health and safety at work and exposure to hazards. So that's always the basis of any any notice that you give but you are then required to do the risk assessment so where where the where the regulation comes in is that is that risk assessment bit so actually um that's where if the circumstances are right and the information that you could issue an improvement notice and that improvement notice would require them to do a risk assessment but on doing the risk assessment it also requires them to do reg 5 which is to put in a, a, a reasonable um, system to manage work-related stress, uh, and right. that and that could be you know said 45,003, which is a standard, an international standard. It could be um, the farmer. If your if your listeners are Farmer and Stevenson, did a review, and it had six elements, and one of those was a was a mental health plan that actually showed what you do when people are at the start of the process of developing mental health issues and when they're off, because remember, it's a continuum. And what we're trying to do is to reduce the amount of people going off because it's 17.9 million days lost to work related stress and at 828,000 people off one week into the pandemic, not pandemic date of this, right? There was a problem. OK, that's uh, by the way, that that's a 2 million, 2.4 million increase in one year pre-pandemic.
0: Wow, it's incredible, isn't it? The statistics are just absolutely huge. Um, Peter, I really, really appreciate that. Can we just sort of have a have a talk through then the six management standards. So they are demands, control, support, relationships, role and change, and, and mm. it's something that we sort of talk through as part of um, uh, part of any, any work we do with an organisation. So with regards to demands, what what does that what does that sort of look like um, from a from a management standards point of view? What does sort of good look like, um, and and what sort of things would you include in that sort of risk assessment when you look at demands
1: themselves? So, demands you to be looking at the way the work's managed and and put in place. So, if you've got a mechanised system that is functioning, it goes way way faster than the capability of the of the operator at the end or the midpoint, then you've got to look at um, how you how you how you change that. Or if you're in an office and you go in and you get multiple requests uh, and you're consistently getting multiple requests, that will lead to, um, that will lead into the potential to suffer from uh, workloads just because high demands because you've got what, no control, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and very often when you've got high demands and no control you had this other thing which is a lack of support, just do the work. Yeah, and, got you. and, this, and, it's, and, it's, and it's interesting the, how they
0: all interlink, isn't it? When you start yeah, and, working and, and, on them, they do all interlink, don't they?
1: They're, they're absolutely, you can't sit there in isolation go and got high demands and haven't got low control because actually high demands creates low control. And the the support can be both uh, peer support and and supervisory support. You're not supported by your supervisor, but supported by your colleagues. You can mitigate some of the impact, but if you're not supported by your colleagues or your boss, then you really, you know, you're there. And then that leads you to think, well, God, my relationships are really knackered. I I haven't got a good relationship with my boss or with my work colleagues, or if you have a good relationship with with your work colleagues, that mitigates some of those. So the point is relationships, Tie into it um, as, as well. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship
0: Partners. We're really proud to sponsor a half dozen things podcast. At Flagship Partners, we take road safety really seriously and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC, and other transport management services. So if your fours are Fours accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today.
1: And uh, then, oh, what's my role? Well, don't quite know. My role is this, but today it's this, this, and this, and this. Um, and then, do you want to find uh, the biggest uh, potentials? <laughs> like, if you get a really poorly managed change program, you get work-related stress. That's the characteristic. So you can't. I know you like you can't necessarily see them in in, in isolation. But um, for control, you want to give back controls to the operator through the systems that you've got. For for support, you need to have official support channels, i.e. line management responsibilities, et cetera, um, you know, keep in touch meetings or anything, but you have to, the informal element of support is really, really important that people feel actually they're being listened to that they, they, when they say something. And as they then move on to um, their role, Give them role clarity. The one thing that we, we we do seem to be brilliant at is taking clarity away from what the role is. What's your role? Well, it's this. OK, and this and this and maybe this. OK, people need to clear, clear the defined roles. Um, and if you've got bullying, you've got a bullying culture. And then I say that, you know, you know you've got people that do routinely like, you know, um, have a go at people. It's not a good culture that's going to be that has to be addressed the relationships uh, taking it back to its purest form is, is bullying is there you can't you know you have to address that and you cannot say oh, oh it's okay it's fine it's like no it's not because that leads to a lack of control of a, a feeling a feeling unsupported um, and it impacts, um, you know, on on a range of other elements uh, of your behaviour. And then you go to the role and, you, and the clarity of the role, as we just discovered this sort of input, and then you pop everything into change and you go, here, it's fine. And now I ask you, the, I mean, I'll give this the illustration. What did the pandemic do for the six areas? Think about this. Pandemic. Um, increased demand since wave, sec- wave 2, 3, four, and 5, and partially the way through, through wave 1. It took complete and utter control away, mm-hmm. okay? It led to a breakdown in support mechanisms between businesses and people who were working at home, who weren't working at home, were working on site, and, um, and their management or bosses were working at home. Um, it absolutely knackered relationships. Mm-hmm. Because people didn't have those coffee relationships, they weren't meeting. Though, um, and then on top of that, it, then you've gone. You're never allowed to work from home on Monday morning, Monday afternoon. No, you can't possibly work from home. But on Wednesday at five o'clock, you are working from home. Bang, changed overnight. Roles changed overnight. Well, that's okay. We gave people computers. We gave them. We gave them screens, and then we got everything's fine here. Reality is we we simply gave them the technology. We didn't actually think about the behavioural stuff. And then we sweep it along. And what have you got? The biggest unprepared change programme in a 100 years. And mm-hmm. we know all of this stuff on the mental health and all of this stuff on stress was predictable because we, we were able to track in the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. What happened after Spanish flu pandemic? The Great Depression an and an increase in mental ill health wow so that's why we know what was going to happen what, what hadn't happened at that time was they were coming together at the same time so you know actually we've got a we had a global pandemic and a global recession coming together perfect storm which is i think the presentation i did for you
0: yeah absolutely i think um i just think it's uh it's, it's fascinating fascinating how much impact that's had on the way we work organizationally and actually there's very little recognition i think from a lot of businesses around actually they can they can proactively improve and um and help support their people by implementing the management standards by reviewing them by by making it a part of what they do by actually
1: saying we're going to look after our people Mm. you know um well-being isn't just about it about giving someone physical in, in, in stuff to do. It's not just exclusively about, um, you know, head massages, whatever else you want to do. Um, it is about physical health. You know, going for cycling, gym memberships, but it's also about having conversations with people and designing jobs around people. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. not people around the jobs. Absolutely. Um, so and just... what we do at the moment is we do the second. We go. Oh, yeah. You're going to fit this role. Yeah, yeah, we look machine. at
0: the needs of the business and then we we, we 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 see people as resource, don't we? Human resources, we see them as a resource to go and implement mm-hmm. a job. What other tools are there sort of in the arsenal from HSE? I'm aware of sort of how um, there's stress indicator tools and those kinds of things. How do you how do you, how do you sort of see your see organisation sort of pulling these together? Would you
1: suggest that they, you know, because there's sorry, I'll, I'll shut up. You're going to talk then. <laughs> If <laughs> you, you're given the management standards, which is the outline, which is there, you talk about the talking toolkits, about how you have conversations with people around, um, around work-related stress. Um, you look at your own internal resources around um, some of the findings from the Farmer and Stevenson Review about what you need to have, have a mental health plan in place, about what you're going to do to promote positive mental health and reduce mental ill health. And I think that's the important, um, important uh definition here. Uh, you know, mental illness is a consequence of poorly managed mental health. We're not managing people's mental health. We have the potential for mental um, mental ill health to occur. And what what is managed, people's managing mental health? It's the health and well-being initiatives that we do that seek to make workplaces better, that look at, you know, helping people to be better and stronger so in that context you can do resilience training you can do mindfulness training but if you put them back into a toxic organization they're going to which is you know looking at the process you're going to potentially give them all the get these skills and then make them acutely aware of how how bad their workplace is which i don't kind of think is kind of ironic really isn't it so So yeah, and so we've got these resources that sit within the HSE, and then uh, I know we're going to—I'll cover it now—but we've got the um, a new standard by ISO, um, International Standards Organization, called 45,003, and that looks at um, psychological health and safety in the workplace. Um, I was part of a group that developed that. um, It was three years of life and lots of meetings. including meetings at 12 o'clock at night because it's a global thing so you, you know obviously I took time off the following day <laughs> putting in my own health and well-being um, and <laughs> and that itself is a management system now health and safety looks the same that you have a management system for health and safety what you now have in ISO 45003 is a management system for uh, psychological health and safety, which is tied into um, 45001, which is the management system standard. And then there are multiple amounts of uh, resources out there on the web about how you can tackle work-related stress, how you improve people's mental health. You've just got to decide what's right for you as an organization. And But here's the thing. If you assume you know what your people want, but you don't ask your people what they want, then you're in trouble. <laughs> and this is what happens. We go, this is what the top-down what, what top down processing. As management, we tell you what to do. As employees or as um, people it further down, they're expected to respond to so that. Top-down management is where you get most failures because um, your employees might not realize why they want to change or why they, why they should be doing it in the first place. Um, there's a lovely model by a guy called Prochasky called the uh, Stage to Change Model. And it talks about these two principles of pre contemplation. Most people in an organization, pre contemplation, don't know why I need to change, but well, I do know why I need to change, I don't know why they want to do it. A lot of people in management are at contemplation, we've got to change for this. But that's not communicated with the workforce. So there's a dis- disjoint between the workforce. And, uh, and, and sometimes the supervisor or management positions. So you've got to bring everyone along on, on that journey. And that's where I think you get this uh, disconnect, um, which happens all the time. Yeah, doesn't. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the the requirement to consult with the workforce is a requirement
0: of the Health and Safety at Work Act, anyway, oh, isn't a, it? So, it's
1: embedded. It's embedded clearly in the act. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's so so people and and, and largely speaking, a lot
1: of all and also in the management rigs as well. Yeah, yeah, and
0: it doesn't it doesn't um, you know in my experience, often some of the poor poor more challenged workplaces often don't do enough consultation with their workforce. Um, And and nonetheless, it's not just about the safety side, it is, like you say, about the the management of stress and and people's well-being
1: and health as well. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. You you can't see these things in isolation. You've got to think of it as a whole picture. What am I going to do at an organisational level to manage the risks? So to manage effectively what you're doing is you're identifying a hazard in the workplace. What do you do to manage that hazard? What is the level of risk from that hazard? That's why you do the risk assessment, yeah. What then do I do once I know what the problem is? Well, you consult your employees. You ask that you work with them about solutions. Why? Because generally the solutions that they come back with are more cost effective and will work because they have actually bought into the process. Then what do you do? You implement it. You don't put 20 changes in, it in one go. You put four, maybe five, and you review it after 12 months, okay? You could review it midway. If it's not working midway through, put something else in place don't go it's not working but we're going to wait 12 months to see if it's not working it was definitely not working then put something else in place but the point is you 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 do that process of putting them in and then you monitor and review oh my god what is that the five steps of risk assessment and where do we do that in every other working practice if you're working on a machine you do the five steps of risk assessment. If you're working on a lathe, if you're out on a construction site, so wherever you are, you're routinely doing risk assessments. But what we're saying is you've got to think also, how do I do a risk assessment for wearable related stress? And that is it. That is basically the same principles of the, of the five steps of risk assessment, um, where, you, where you work with your people to generate solutions. Peter, really get rid of that, it. get rid of that top down. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> work. Bottom up, with a top down and where they meet in the middle is good. Um, uh, but bottom up where there's no consideration of what the requirements are at the top is also potentially a, a problem area. So you've got to kind of meet in the middle, you've got to talk to your people. It's good to talk. There you go. It is, it is good to talk.
0: Uh, Peter, yeah. that's that's fantastic. Is it? Is there anything... Is there anything I've missed so far that, that I've not asked that I probably should have done? Is it, What's the pressing question? I feel uh, I no, feel like no, we've no. been quite thorough in what we've covered.
1: Yeah, so. no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's, there's any sort of pressing question. I what I would say to you is the narrative of work has changed and we've got to uh, embrace the situation that we find ourselves in. And if we don't, in 10 years from now, I'll be having a conversation with you. I'll be 65 and I'll I'll be saying the same thing, which is we had a once in generation opportunity. It's now, and if we don't do it, if we don't tackle work related stress and we don't improve people's experience of mental health at work, we risk huge impacts uh, on a on a on a community, on an individual, and and on on workplace. But more than that, if we don't start do, tackling what is clearly a mental health crisis, as that we that we were coming into and what we're now seeing because of the pandemic, we ain't going to get out of this. You know, we have 10 years or, 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 and where we can do something to, 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 to tackle this. Uh, and I want to be involved in that. I don't want to be people going, oh, it's too hard. It's too hard. can't do anything about it. Well, asbestos was too hard. Welding fumes is too hard. Um, Putting guardians on the machines were too... All of these two hard things had to be addressed. That's where we're at now, yeah? Yeah. Stress has to be addressed. It is the seminal issue of its time. 57% of all substance is stress, depression, and anxiety. In a modern UK PLC, that's not something that we should be and that we should sit there and accept we should be challenging that okay because we and we challenged it on all those other areas and what have we got reduction in in asbestos cases and and and, and, and reduction in and other areas where, he, where we had higher levels of since we've reduced that now, now mental health and its health and actually the consequences because I mean, obviously your your listeners can't see that. If you were stuck at a, um, now and you could see me and there were two computer screens and I start typing here, I'm, I'm upright, I'm all really good but if I get too much pressure and, and, and too many things come, I can end up moving forward like I am now and my hands can be both to the left and the right and I can be, well what is that? It's musculoskeletal disorders. Do you, do you see the association? And you see that in any job if you put pressure on people, they do things that cause their physical body to react and go oh, and then we, and then and, and actually we've got to remember the two sort of combine. Change the narrative. That's what I'm talking about. Take it from the too hard to the must do and will do, um, because there is a generation of people coming into the work who will expect to be looked after, and there were also kids who are, who, are, who are now becoming apprentices, who are coming with depression and anxiety because of what happened during the pandemic. And you can't put them into a world of work and go, sorry, no, we're not going to, you know, we're you just going to plough ahead and pretend everything's the same. You can't do that anymore. No. We have to change. Yeah, fantastic. Um, absolutely. Cheers, I, I echo absolutely what
0: you said. It's about it's about ensuring the environment is set up correctly to help support people in, in organisations. So, um Thank you, thank you so much for joining me, Peter. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really, really
1: appreciate thank you. it,
0: and I think uh, we smashed through—we smashed through thirty minutes there of uh, fantastic content. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, thank could you talk, very much. You could me. talk for
1: a long time on this, but you know, yeah, bit, got, got to make uh, it
0: accessible for people, haven't we? We've
1: got to make it accessible. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah. But uh, you know, um, honestly, I—I I, I take the passion of one person over the—the the lack of passion from a hundred people. So. Be passionate about this. This is our this is our time. This is the time. You know, um, and I don't want to be doing this in ten years. To be, I want somebody else to be saying, "We're getting it right. We're starting to get it right. We're getting it right." But it will take ten years to probably to get it right. But I tell you what, if we don't kick off in the next five years and get some real major in, impact. Then, yeah, uh, yeah. And then I'll come back to uh, I'll come back to have a chat here next year and the year after. Keep going. Do it. Do it.
0: <laughs> i appreciate it peter thank you very much All for right. joining me today i really Cheers, appreciate mate. it you take care now thank you very much bye-bye now i really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people if you want to find out more about me my name's pete Rushmer. you'll find me across any social media channel and my business flagship partners and we're your partners in success across your business Thank you. See you
1: again soon.